Sensor Global saves lives with automatic compliance and manages smoke alarms, gas and water leak detection with 24-7 remote management. It provides complete control, reduced risks and improved compliance for property managers. To find out more, speak to Anthony Booth or head over to sensorglobal.com. Welcome to the PM Collective, a dynamic hub designed to empower business owners, property managers, and BDMs to excel in their careers. Through access to intimate conversations, cutting-edge video training, mental health support, and unparalleled motivation, our community is the ultimate destination for individuals seeking to elevate their professional lives to new heights. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our next conversation on our weekly podcast, The Art of Property Management. So today's podcast, we have the lovely Sophie Anapliotis joining us. I hope I pronounced that right, So Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> and Sophie is the director of Real Estate Geelong or on her social media, she's also known as Geelong Property Management. So thank you for joining me. Thanks, Ash. Now, um, Sophie is um, one of our uh, team leaders, I guess um, we could call you, that's going to be looking after the coffee and conversations in the Geelong area. And so if you are a property manager listening in that area, uh, make sure you do check out when the next coffee and catch up is. And just off um, off, uh, record before, we were talking just about the importance of of those catch-ups and how I have found, and I know you have too, the um, the need in the industry just to bounce ideas off and the idea of catching up with your industry colleagues and sort of, you know, maybe you're talking about a struggle in your office with maintenance and then you can go, what are you using? What are you using? And all of those, those conversations are just so important uh, for the industry to have to make sure we're all on the right track and we're all finding our job as easy as possible. So thank you for um, representing PM Collective over in your area. It's my pleasure. Now, today we are going to be talking about tenant selection, red flags, and how to identify them. Now, I think that as a seasoned property manager, you and I would be able to naturally see these things and these red flags when we do viewings and home opens. But I think that there are also a lot of newbies in the industry where they just haven't developed that same sense. And I think it's just, I think it's an age thing. I don't actually think it's a property management experience thing more than an age. And um, I remember doing a podcast a while ago with a leasing consultant and he was a mature leasing consultant. So he was probably, I mean, I'll have a guess, he might have been like 50s or 60. And he was an experienced property manager. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what an interesting choice for a leasing consultant, because we are so used to viewings and home opens being held by the junior in the office, like the, you know, the, the young 18-year-old or 20-year-old. And it got me thinking that the leasing side of things is one of the most important parts in property management. Like if you get that right, the whole tenancy is easy. Like you get the right tenant, there is no problems. It's a a breeze. And yet we leave that job position sometimes to the juniors that don't naturally um, see things that we do. And I think that's something that I would like listeners to have a think about and not degrade the position of a leasing consultant within the office. Like it really is something to consider the more experienced ones to do. Like, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Oh, 100%. Like, I truly um, agree with what you've said, that if you set the standard of the tenancy right from the beginning, 
then everything else becomes a breeze. So having that experience or being able to, if you are going to have a junior um, going out, definitely shadowing them or having them shadow you and knowing what to look for. There's nothing more important than having that mentoring and, and looking at, okay, this is how um, this is the conversation to have, or this is the way to ask the right questions to make sure that you're getting the answers that you need to determine whether this is going to be the right fit. And when you first come into the industry, it's very, right, here's your inspection app, open the door, get there 10 minutes early, you know, make sure that there's no tripping hazards, you know, the things that you, the things that you learn and then open the door, let them in. If they ask for an application, ask for an app, you know, get, give them an application. But there's so many other little things that happen in between that you do learn over time. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually did a home open yesterday. I don't do a lot of them these days, but I did one yesterday and I was thinking about, you know, our talk today and I don't want to talk about this too much. So I'm just going to mention it. We'll sort of breeze over it a little bit. But the first sort of red flag I did want to bring up was the visual appearance sometimes of people. And I think it is something that you probably, you you can't pinpoint it like because um, it's just a feeling that you get when you see someone visually. So I think you're just going to have to pick up on those cues. I mean, um, and, and I'm going to say it so you don't have to say it because, you know, people might have an opinion. You know, I just uh, say it bluntly. But you can have people that look really rough. Um, you could potentially have people with, um, like, nothing wrong with face tattoos, people, but, you know, that you've got that, that sometimes um, young people might be a bit scared of, maybe older people might be a bit scared of. You've got people that have no shoes, the way they dress, the car they drive. I'm, and I'm not in any means saying that these are red flags, but what they will do is um, you need to sort of, if something feels a bit odd to you, then you would just make sure that the application checks out is probably where I'm getting at. Like that should never, ever be considered a red flag. Um, But if there was that visual uneasiness that you felt and it was complemented by an application that was not completed correctly, had missing information, then together as uh, as a whole, it might be red flags. But if you have someone where you felt it's a little bit uneasy and I've had those people then I've had their references come through an application and they're amazing, then no problems at all. So I just wanted sort of just to briefly mention the whole visual thing about how that would complement the application without coming across as that I'm being biased or um, uh, discriminating, which I'm not. I think it's about trusting your senses and the the gut feeling that we get as, well, as property managers and as, as humans I always say, and I actually explain this to my landlords or to my investors, is I go, I do go on gut instinct a lot of the time. And it sounds weird because you want to talk about the practical and the pragmatic side of it. But I say the more time that I get to spend with these potential applicants at the Open for Inspection, asking the questions and getting to meet them is that's a really, really important side because I get my feel of them. And then I back it up with logic. And the logical side is the application. So you need, for me, 
I don't know if it's the same for you, Ash, but the, I think that the two go really hand in hand together with having the gut feel versus and, and then backing it up with logic through the application because there's a lot of things that you see, feel, hear, smell <laughs> um, <laughs> that that you don't necessarily get on paper. So then what would advice would you give to an agency where they have the leasing consultant that goes out and then the application is processed in-house with the property manager who is making that final call? How would someone in that office environment uh, get that gut feeling when they haven't had the opportunity to meet them? The communication between the leasing consultant and the property manager is so key. Um, there is a section on majority of the inspection apps where you can put private notes and the having the the information that that comes through and and that yeah the feeling that you that you do get or if there is a little bit of a red flag it should be brought up from the beginning and say hey you know look they presented really well but there was just something there was just something a bit off or they're like they were rude at the inspection or they're like they they were asking things that I feel like maybe they're going to be a little bit high maintenance and the property's a little bit older. There is some stuff going on. So maybe we need to look into a little bit further about how they deal with things with maintenance and things like that to make sure that we are setting the tenancy upright and that the landlord's not going to be um yeah in for in for a rude shop when they ask for a full kitchen or bathroom upgrade because it's not to their standard just those little things like that that part is really really important i believe for the property manager to know so then when they're doing the um, processing of the references if it's the pm or if it is the leasing consultant there can be more questions that are asked that will sort of put ease to that gut feeling or that or that character uh feeling that the person who was doing the open may ease to give a little bit more clarification to the landlord. And the I do, whenever I'm sending a, um, an overview, when I'm putting an overview together for the landlords to give the final check, I do have a section in there called agent feedback. And that's our feedback from the agency about how they've been to deal with or if there's anything that's come up um, that we um, that we say, you know, yes, they um, the feedback has been that they might be a little bit high maintenance, not a bad thing, but just be aware that if there have been things that you've been putting off, like leaking taps and things like that, they're probably going to pick up on it. So let's put a plan together to make sure that it isn't a thing that comes up as an issue because it more than likely will with these tenants, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think tenants make it so obvious when they go to a property, they don't even realize they're doing it, but they're listening for those warning signs of them having a whinge about anything in the property. I mean, I know that our office, we've been known to say to people that have looked at an old house before and have whinged a bit to say, listen, please have a think about if this house is right for you because it is Uh a house. The owner is planning on demolishing it in, you know, three to five years time. And there are going to be little things that might bother you that the owner's not prepared to fix. And so you, you set that from the start and it saves a lot of problems. And it's also been very honest with the tenants as well um, with what to expect. Um, I think that when I've not done a viewing and I've received an application, I had one the other day, I actually called up the tenant and all I did was call the tenant up to say, hey, just letting you know that your application has been put through to the owner and we uh, we think we'll have an answer by the end of the day. And just e- even listening to them, hearing them, <laughs> it gave me a little bit of peace of mind knowing that they were okay just by talking to them as well. So that might be something else that people yeah. want to do if they haven't had the opportunity to talk 
and took. And um, I don't think this is a warning sign. Well, you might say it's a red flag, actually, but I'm mindful of it is when people constantly call you about their application and they hassle you like every day, every, you know, twice a day, just checking in how it's going. Sometimes I actually think to myself, gosh, like if you're going to be this painful now and not patient, like what are you going to be when this maintenance coming up? Are you going to call me every five minutes to, you know, this is fixed? Like I don't know if you would see that as a red flag. Yeah. That's me being a pain. No, not at all. Not being a pain at all. Well, the, the other red flag is references not getting back or them not providing the right documentation or taking ages to bring in the documentation. <laughs> it's, it, if, if we have to follow them up for long, for longer than 24 hours, we just say, look, you're obviously not that keen on the property or you don't take accountability for it. It shows a level of accountability and working together. So that's also another little thing that I pick up on. And it's, it's yeah, it's creating that character reference, like you said, of their behaviour and how tardy they are and, yeah, their attention to detail and they're probably going to forget their rent and not be that worried about it. So I um, I know that in an application form, and I think this is pretty common, but I'm going to mention it in case someone doesn't do it. Maybe it's the newbies that might need this reminder. But quite often when you have a look at their real estate references and then you check their driver's license and um, seeing if there's a different address there. And and some people, I mean, I, I don't like using the word dumb very often, but it's like, guys, if there's an address on your driver's license and you're giving me a copy, I can see that address and I can find out where you lived before. You'll do it all the time. I think the most that I've had on one application was six different addresses found. And when I I sent them an email and said, hey, can you please provide some context on this address, this address, this address, and this address? Because I found it all through your documentation. And, <laughs> and on that as well, it's identifying the reference that they've given for that property. Are they actually the owner? Do they own the property or especially if it's a private reference? Um, because a lot of the time, unless you do the, the right checks, it, it, yeah, it could be that they just rent it off a, off another tenant. Um, and they kind of make themselves out to be the owner. That's, that, that's definitely come up before. I don't know if it's come up for you. <laughs> too much but I do find like dates out so I normally say to to tenants like I don't actually really care too much as long as it makes sense so if Mm -hmm. you have got missing gaps in your application but it makes sense I'm okay with it but it's when things don't add up that I'm like I'm going to investigate a bit more so for me um, a couple of things like I would do is I would jump onto RP data and have a look at the history of that property that they've rented just to see whether like if they've got that length of time that they've been rented but maybe on RP data it's saying that it was it was re-rented during that time or you know if the dates don't just add up then that's a little bit of a, a concern for me as well and the the yeah the driver's license one is probably the biggest one with the notes but it's um i had a, did have someone the other day he was i think like 38 he provided two proper um two private references and that was it and i actually just said to him mate like you're 38 years of age you must have a reference like with a real estate agent like how do you go 20 years of adult life without having anything like there must have been you know whether you've bought rented sold like you've 
like what have you been doing? <laughs> so um, like for me, it didn't, it didn't make sense. But the reason why I investigated that a little bit more and why that made didn't make very good sense to me was because I had already knew there was other red flags. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like that was a bit of an icing on the cake um, red flag for me where if everything else looked perfectly, I may not have questioned it, but I only questioned it because it's like, you're giving me nothing on your application. Like I've got nothing else to go by. I need something more. And having um, documentation as well that references a different, like whether it be a spouse. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's another thing as well. And, and, but also like all of these things, it's over time, it's having the confidence to know that you can ask these questions to the applicants. It's being able to call up and say, hey, this doesn't make sense. And it's our jobs as property managers, even though we're not the ones that make the final decision, it's our job to put this this together to represent you to the owner in the best way possible to give you the best chance at getting this property or the next property or, or, or whichever, how it goes. So you need to help us help you to put this overview together. Um, And a majority of, um, especially, as you said, like the junior property managers, they may not have built that confidence or that experience yet to be able to have that conversation or they don't want to deal with the conflict or the backlash or anything like that. But 99%, I would say 100% of tenants appreciate it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Inspect Real Estate, or IRE, is an Australian-based software company that is passionate about creating quality, customised solutions for agents, tenants, buyers, and property owners, designed by agents for agents, because we care. IRE has now processed more than 108 million inquiries and is currently being used by thousands of industry leaders. There are many time-saving products from booking and managing inspections within our flagship product ROL, creating and managing applications with ToApply and AppChecker, and tracking keys with Keyware, through to listing on Inspect Real Estate's free property portal, Tenant App, plus so much more. Visit inspectrealestate.com.au or give us a call on 1300 934 721. They, they do. And I think just being honest with them um, and saying, listen, I need to relay as much information to the owner so that I can put you in the best light. Can you help me just understand this part or this gap? And that's where cover letters come in really well. Uh, yesterday at this home open, um, the lovely guy, he was on a disability pension and he said, listen, like my application is nothing. Like, And once in one red flag actually with me, um, with this guy, is he goes to me um, and and I actually, my gut told me he was fine. So I'm actually okay with it. So I'm happy with that. He was very quietly spoken um, and he looked really genuine. So I think that I'm okay with him. But he did say to me, my application is pretty basic. He goes, I don't have a driver's license. I don't have a passport, uh, which was a red flag when he said to me, he doesn't have access to any of the ideas. So I've got to find out more. He goes, I'm on a disability pension. He goes, I'm supported by my mum and my brother. He goes, but my mum and my brother have real estate references. They've got everything you need. He goes, but I will do a cover letter explaining why I don't have anything. So, So out of the three occupants, he is a potential red flag. So I'm like, who 
doesn't have some sort of ID. Like for me, if you don't have ID, you're hiding something. Fair enough, passport. Um, driver's license, I mean, and so actually now that I think about it, I'm thinking out loud now, he actually drove to the appointment. So you know what? You know what? He did have a driver's license. So there you go. I'm actually just talking, yeah, thinking out loud actually as we're doing. He just answered, he just answered your own question. I just answered my own question. Okay, so people, that is how easy it is to let something slip because until I verbally actually said that, yeah. I actually didn't even think about it. So, yes, he drove to the appointment, yet he told me he didn't have a driver's license. So, red flag. Um, actually, you know what? I don't actually like that application anymore because the minute you lie to me once, that's it. Like, I'm over it. So, you know what? I'm going to mark that as a low priority and put the other ones in front. Thank you, PM Collective listeners of Australia, for helping me work that one out. That's what collab's all about, right? <laughs> need to talk to people sometimes so you can just like bounce these ideas and these thoughts off um anyway thank you for that that's a that's a no for me um but but it, it's it just shows you how easy it is to potentially like hear someone say something me saying you know what he actually was quite nice and, and softly spoken and then not even notice that I was actually willing to accept that he didn't have a driver's license and I was actually going to go you know what I'll go by his mums and his brothers but now like for me that's a big cross there you go <laughs> glad, glad we've all sorted that out for me people. Um, so so my next one is which I'm I'm a real big um believer in this which is a bit ironic because I talk a lot but I hate people that talk too much and I feel like when they talk too much they're hiding something um so at a viewing if someone hangs back and wants to tell you their life story and wants to tell you how much they love the gardening, like that for me bothers me. Am mm-hmm. I just being a pain or is that something that's a, that other people have those thoughts on too? I'm sure that a lot of us do. I I match it with other behaviour. So, like, uh, we, I've noticed over time um, how to pick up on little physiological signs of people being anxious or nervous. And that can sometimes be people's way of thinking that they're putting their best foot forward, where it's like, no, you're actually just being a little bit over the top and you need to sort of chill out a little bit. And I find that having that one-to-one conversation with them, they can start off with, you know, yes, the gardens and and, and all that sort of thing. But it's just sort of... I don't know sort of where I'm going with this, but if I'm picking up other signs that they are rambling because they feel like they're just trying to fill in the noise or trying to put the, their best impression forward, I just say, look, I'm here to answer any questions and I'd love to talk to you about this further. Um, but, you know, like, and I just call it out, you know, are you, how long have you been in the market for? Um, you know, how long have you been looking for a rental for? And then that's sometimes the real conversation sort of happens from that if they are acting a little bit sort of nervous or over the top and and things like that. So I haven't necessarily had a lot that that ramble on too much. Um, so I don't, yeah, I think that's interesting. So, yeah, I find the rambling where they tell you their whole life story and <laughs> like their daughter had to move back in and then the, the you know, their son did, but then he works on the mine. And that's why we've got that many cars and they just go on and on and on. It, it, but it's, I guess the rambling is more like them justifying 
this is why I've got pets. Like I do remember actually one lady goes, oh, now we've got like four dogs and two cats and six birds because my daughter moved in and then my son's moved in for a bit mm. to separate from his wife. And they go on to justify like yeah. a lot of drama. Got these, the drama, that's right, mm. these things. And it's like, well, the owner's not going to accept 18 hours in the property number one but for me it's like yeah they just give you the sob story um Mm. which I find that the people that have a genuine sob story are probably less likely to actually disclose that to you because that's quite a private situation that they're in um and then yeah quietly sort of having a word to you I guess that's the difference isn't it um that you get with the gut feel when mm-hmm. when someone overshares because they're justifying their shitty references yeah um and why they would potentially have shitty references that's a problem but someone genuinely saying listen I've applied for a lot of properties and I think it's because um of this and this like do you have any tips for me I'm okay with that that's not a red yeah. flag for me um it's the the other way but I yes it's it's even hard sometimes to to verbally explain like what it is but you you get so a feeling like there is a feeling it's these cues and I've actually done training with a lot of PM collective members with regards to nonverbal signs and the nonverbal signs is something that people actually can't control and if you are a member um, of the PM club and you jump onto some of the expert videos there's actually a video there which is purely on nonverbal cues and it could be something as a slight shoulder shrug or something uh, like blinking too many times or uh what else you know just different types of body language and like I said they're they're uncontrollable like it's not possible they're so micro that you can't physically do it if you tried and some people with experience you know when you get that feeling and you're just like oh it's just a feeling I got it's actually probably you picking up on these non-verbal cues Um. But you can also be trained to learn them as well. And so for someone that's newer in the industry, this would be um, a really good uh, topic to look at and to get some training on to help develop that natural that natural sense. Well, going back to the rambling, I'll touch on it just a little bit. A lot of the rambling that I've had more experience in has been them sort of rambling or expressing how they've been hard done by by a last owner or a last agent, that has probably been more of the red flag that I've picked up on. Um, and, you know, it's, oh, the house, is, they never do maintenance and I'm just so unhappy there and every time I ask for something, they never get back to me and um, I'm just so, you know, so sick of it and I do everything. I, I do, I pay my rent, I clean, I, you know, do everything that I'm meant to do and I'm still just not, I'm still being treated like a second second class citizen. It's, it's, that that sort of thing has come up um, more well, I'm going to say, yeah, more more often than not in those particular situations, if they are that have that sort of mindset of glass half empty or being a little bit of that in that victim mentality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's it's no different than being interviewed for a job and then talking badly about your past boss. You, know, <laughs> you, do, not, you do not do that in an interview process. <laughs> Okay, so let's. I'm just going to summarise them all for people. So we've got the red flags with tenant selection, how to identify them. We have got checking the addresses on all the documents, driver's licence, bank statements, bills. Make sure those addresses are also listed as references on the application form. And if they aren't, 
jump onto RP data, check some history, and have that communication with the tenant and ask them to fill it in for you if you see those gaps. So that's the first tip. Number two, visually, will you'll get your gut feel. And if you don't have the ability to see them visually, then speaking on the phone or trusting your leasing consultant to uh, to help identify if there was any um, any thing that you should know about from a gut um, gut instinct. Missing gaps in applications. If you're doing an application and just something seems odd, investigate it and um, and ask those questions, like I said, to the tenant as well. And the last one was the talking too much and yeah, picking up on any negative vibes that you get from the conversation or any justification that they've got as well. And yeah, just remember, if you're a business owner, um, be mindful who you put into the leasing role. Like I know I, I have juniors do it as well. Like it's it's something that gets done, but at least help train them in these red flags. Have them listen to this podcast um, so that they are, they are aware of things that they could be uh, mindful of. So I would definitely recommend that. If you're looking at getting a leasing consultant, do consider an experienced PM or even better. I know that in my team, my property managers like to do most of their home opens themselves because they actually find it easier to process the application when they've got that feel for the person. And at the end of the day, like the property manager is the one having to manage them. So they want to make sure they're getting the right person in. Otherwise, it's them that are going to have the headache. Totally agree with that. Sophie, thank you so much for joining me today. It was lovely having a chat with you. And um, and I'll have Soph's details on the show notes for this podcast. Please, if you're in Geelong, connect with uh, Soph and attend the coffee conversation catch-ups and um, and other people in your industry as well. And um, yeah, and if you have got a rookie, make sure they listen to this podcast. So thanks so much. We'll um, also make sure, actually, I forgot to mention, um, Soph's got a resource uh, template for application processing that she's going to kindly share with me. Um, I will put it in the, the PM Club resources so that if anyone wants to have a look at that, um, it's a really nice professional looking template and um, you might find it useful in your department as well. Thank you, Soph. We'll chat soon. Thanks. At the Grout Guy are leading experts in regrouting, waterproofing, and tiling services nationwide. Property managers find comfort in their 10-year waterproof warranty on all full shower regrouts. Visit thegroutguy.com.au to rejuvenate your property's tiles and grout now.